Well, welcome into another edition of West of Everest. Lee Benson alongside Grant Benson on a Sunday morning following a second consecutive Oklahoma loss. This one much, much worse than the one before, which was also really bad. Oklahoma falls to TCU 55-24 to Saturday morning slash afternoon in Fort Worth. And, well, uh, where do we go from here? <laughs> it's, uh, I know uh, I'll just set the table. I know, uh, you know it was bad. Uh, yeah, everyone knows that. Grant and I are in different, uh, different I guess, levels of bad, different uh, spots, if you will. But, um, you know, it's all about, you know, a matter of personal opinion at this point, which everybody has and everybody wants to voice at this point. So we'll get into it. We'll talk about the game and anything else that comes up. But uh, well, I kind of know how you're doing right now, Grant, but I'll ask you just because this is part of the show. What's going on? <laughs> oh, nothing much, but I'm, you know, I'm doing fine. It's uh, of course, it was it was one of the worst college football Saturdays, I, I feel like, of my life. And, you know, that's I'm sure a lot of people listening to this probably are are, are in that same boat as well. Just a terrible day on Saturday, but hey, you know, it's a it's a beautiful Sunday here. It's an NFL Sunday. My fantasy team is really good. I'm going to be paying attention to that a lot more this season <laughs> for sure. So that's just kind of where we are right now. I mean, that's just kind of the set. Like, I I was feeling pretty sad. I, I, I was sad yesterday. I was sad. Almost like you feel like it's just like there's something has changed and something is different. But I don't know. It just kind of is what it is at this point in time. Yeah, uh, I mean... I was there at the game, and it just it, it. I was able to watch back. I watched back up until Dylan Gabriel was knocked out of the game, and yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, but um, I mean, there now you know honestly, there there really wasn't any <laughs> there really wasn't any bright spots aside from uh, the the long explosive play to Braden Willis, and then the touchdown, the short touchdown run. And at that point, it kind of felt like maybe Oklahoma would get, be able to get back into it, but they just couldn't figure it out. And, you know, it's the, the biggest issue right now is the defense. The defense is it's not good. And everything that we had said in the offseason leading up to it about how with Brent Venables expect this defense to be better. Well, after the last two games, it, it certainly is not. And for the first three games, it did look better. It looked good and it looked more competent. But now after the last two playing a Kansas State team who also, you know, they won last last uh they won yesterday, sorry, against Texas Tech and scored a decent amount of points against Tech at home. You know, who knows what Kansas State's going to be this year. I think this TCU offense is really good. I think Max Duggan is a really good player, and he's finally getting uh, coached up, I think, better than he was before offensively. So we'll see what TCU ends up being by the end of the year. I, I, you know, I, they, they're certainly capable of doing that to other teams, but Oklahoma busted so much, and it was it was not good. So I mean, you can't give that that team freebies like Oklahoma did because they'll take advantage of it. Uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the defense was bad the last two games, but I still see some things that are there to where it's not as bad as it's looked the last two, and it's going to be purely matchup based moving forward. But it all depends on how this team hands th handles things mentally, and that's the thing with college football, right? You lose a couple of games, your expectations were super high before the season. Does a team go into the tank? Do they start to not care? And I, I know I'm kind of starting to go everywhere because it could get to that point. And I think a lot of it ha will have to do with the health of Dylan Gabriel moving forward, which we can get to. But I, I, I don't want to jump into that yet because the defense is really bad. And we got to talk about the defense and figure out what the heck went on Saturday, Grant. And when I talk about the defense, what's the main thing that jumps out to you? Where do you want to begin? There's a lot there. A lot there for sure. I mean, you just start with the with the obvious. Um they got absolutely drilled yesterday, completely manhandled, destroyed. It was like what OU would do to, to like Florida Atlantic or something. Uh, it was bad. It was really, really bad to the point where it makes you think, where is this thing going? Where do we go from here? Um, and kind of like for us, I think our challenge here, at least a challenge for me is, you know, what, what sort of attitude do you want to have about it? Do you want to have a defeatist attitude about it? Because the, the team that I saw play against TCU on Saturday, they're going to struggle to... And, and I'm sure you know it's never as bad as you think. I'm, you know they're like that. That team is 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 going to struggle to win another game the rest of the season. And and I know that sounds like hyperbolic, but that's how bad they were yesterday. And um, so yeah, I think obviously the place that you have to start, Lee, is and there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts that I have. I haven't rewatched the game, but the busts are obviously just completely unforgivable. 
and uh, they're they're kind of unexplainable to me. There's other things that I have issues with, as in just you know how how easy it is to attack OU when you spread them out, get into four or five wide, and just eat against OU's defense. That's really all you got to do. Um, I you know I don't know where to start, man. They're they're soft up the middle. They bust a lot. Uh, when they roll out that three down line look, they can't really get any pressure on the quarterback. Their blitzes aren't getting home. Uh, at times, they just flat out look not very talented on defense. That was that looked to be the case when when TCU was trying to go deep downfield one on one. Jaden Davis and Woody Washington trying to find the ball in the air just were utterly not good at all. Uh, just a terrible performance up and down, up and down, and. I think a lot of people are just kind of like, ah, crap, what do we do now? Because now, you know, you got, you got Texas next week. And then after that, you got Kansas and their, their offense has been really good this season. And it's just like it, I thought this big, I thought the big 12 was going to be bad this year. And it's, it's the exact opposite. The big 12 is kind of a monster this year. And I just did not see that coming. And, uh, it's weird, man. They're going to have to take what they have to do Lee, is they got to go back to those first three games and say, what were we doing in those games? How can we simplify? Is it possible at all to replicate any of the success that we had in those first three games? What was it? Can we do it? Yeah, that, and that'd be great. And uh, man, you're, you're right, though. I mean, th- there's not really anything positive from the defense. Aside from, you know, you know who I thought played well from uh, my camera lens and then a little bit. I thought Trey Morrison looked good. Maybe try to find a way to get him more involved. He looked like he was having a decent game, but that's that's not a whole lot to say. Yeah, the the corners and the secondary, mainly the corners, and just their, they looked like the last three years, they looked lost. They couldn't play man coverage. They got turned around, couldn't turn their head. Grabby, Poley, like Trey Brown was out there tackling people. These are guys that, like Woody Washington, who we think is pretty darn good, I don't know anymore. Uh, Jaden Davis, who had a lot of you know positive reviews in camp, I, not, not great. Uh, DJ Graham had a, he was one of the guys, I believe, who busted on one of the big long touchdown passes. It's just... These players that we've had a lot of confidence in, and heck, as early as three or four weeks ago, we were like, hey, man, I think the secondary actually is starting to live up to what we thought. Nope. Nope. Here we are again. We we were fooled yet again, Grant. It it only took, though, until week five to, to really kind of figure that out. It's frustrating. It, it's really frustrating. These are, uh, you know, speaking about the bus, you know, two plays in particular, two long pass touchdowns, the first one in the first quarter to Tay Barber. That looked to me, you watch back the tape, I don't know what RG3 was talking about. He was breaking it down. He, he mentioned that he thought the safety had, had the Tay Barber in man. You watch the tape. Oklahoma's playing cover three. That's what it looks like to me on tape. Everybody's playing zone except for DJ Graham. And DJ Graham's responsibility in cover three in that situation should be to get the deep third where Tay Barber was. Everybody on the field looked like to me was playing cover three except for DJ Graham. And the next series Oklahoma went out there, Kind of confirmed it that maybe it was Graham's problem because Graham was not on the field. They put Kanai Walker out there and took Graham off the field. So uh, Kanai Walker immediately then looked bad as well because he couldn't find the football. And the very next snap was when Max Duggan went 100 million yards for a touchdown on a simple zone read keeper by the quarterback. And Kanai Walker was totally lost, couldn't find the football. So whatever they threw out there didn't work. Later in the second quarter when TCU made it 41-17, to 17, I believe, that play was also a bust, and it was a corner blitz from the boundary, I believe, by Jaden Davis. And if you watch it, Oklahoma only ends up rushing four. So it's almost like the corner blitz just releases one rusher. And to me, it looks like Justin Broyle settles into playing to taking Jaden Davis's spot and playing a cover two type look. And it looked like on the other side, Woody Washington was also playing cover two. To me, it looked like just a corner blitz, but on the back end, they were playing cover two, and everybody knew that except for the safeties over top. I, I got to go back and look at it and figure out. Hold on. I don't want to throw anybody on the bus. I got it right here. Let's see. Woody Washington's playing corner. Justin Harrington is going over the middle of the field, covering a player, almost like he's playing man coverage. And it's Deshaun White who is also playing like a flat move. So I, I think that bus was either on – Justin Harrington or Deshaun White, nobody was playing the deep, uh, the deep half in a cover two, and a guy gets wide open. And it's an easy pitch and catch. This is, this is stuff that we would pull our hair out that happened in the last three years in the Alex Grinch defense when there was crazy busts. Thought it would be fixed and Brent, under Brent Venables and Ted Roof and all these other good defensive coaches or whatever, and now it's happening. And I don't know what to say. I, I, 
I guess, you know what? As much as I don't want to do it, I think some apologies must be made to Alex Grinch. <laughs> like, it, it must be a lot more difficult than we thought with this particular group of players, maybe. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll shut up now because I'm kind of going on and on and on, but uh, I'll let you jump back in. I, I don't, like, I, well, I mean, we can talk about the last half all we want, I guess. I don't know. I, all I know is that up to this point, um, this staff hasn't, you know, whatever's I mean the last two weeks at least whatever they've been doing hasn't been working and so they got to go back to the drawing board they got to figure something else out uh but it's kind of tough at least going forward we're talking about that because I don't even know if they're healthy I have no idea like that that's one of the things we haven't even they were extremely injured in this game extremely um after the fact and so I I have no idea who's even going to be available going forward for them like I mean I I started to get antsy as soon as Billy Bowman went out I was like oh crap this is not this is really bad this is not good um, and you saw that. I mean, they they couldn't. I mean, just continue to bust. Justin Harrington had a really rough game. Man, it was it was it, it's just really tough going forward. I I don't know what to do. Um, I really don't. And like we we were talking about this. Like I, you know, you said it yesterday. I we I don't know anything about football. I clearly don't. I mean, like it's just everything. Like everything that we thought we knew is just not so. And so. It's just to the point where we're kind of confused at this point. I'm just kind of seeing how it all plays out. Um, I don't know. My my eyes aren't lying to me, man. That looks like a bad a bad defense, a really bad defense, and kind of just not a very good team for the most part. They weren't ready to play yesterday. TCU was. I don't know how to explain that. Period. Yeah, I, the injuries worry me more than the you know the system and the schematics I, I think the injuries are the bigger issue uh mainly you know billy bowman who knows I, I don't even really know i guess it was on a kickoff return one of like the second kickoff return. it was on it a kind kickoff of awkward return. yeah but it, it's just it, it didn't it, not, it didn't look bad or you know it wasn't your traditional injury you know it wasn't like i you know hopefully damon Harmon's okay it looked like an I, ankle was to injured. me it looked like a like a spray like he twisted uh, his ankle okay yeah i mean so who knows what his status will be uh, it and, you know, again, like Wanye Damon was Harmon. in a sling on the sideline. I saw that. So it was yeah, a shoulder or something. In, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Anton Harrison got banged up. Uh, he was kind of limping around. He wasn't in a boot or anything after the game. But, you know, who knows what he's going to be like. Uh, but, yeah, in, in the secondary, it's like Damon Harmon, I, hopefully he's okay. But I can't imagine he's, he'll be playing anytime soon. Um, so, I mean, I, he, was, he was moving all of his extremities and everything. He was conscious. They They tweeted out an update, so... That was scary, scary situation. Always when stuff when something like that happens, when he's on ground, he's not moving. And I mean, the Dylan Gabriel thing was really scary too. Uh, it's all just what an awful game, just a terrible, just one of the worst ever I, I've seen since I've been following this team for uh, this is the twenty third season I've been following them. What one of the worst games I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you're right though. I you know it's been a very humbling experience for the first five you know weeks of the college football season and the first four weeks of the NFL season. I, I just don't know anything. I, I, I'm, I'm just wrong about a lot of stuff. Yeah, that was when, that's what prompted, I, I told you yesterday, we don't know anything. I mean, Jalen Hurts is by far the best of the OU trio in the NFL. Yeah, he is. I, and, and I, 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 I have no clue. Sense to me. Can't explain that. Yeah, no, you've been, I, I'll do it. Yeah, you've been more, you've been right about it. You've been right about it so far this year and I've been wrong. And, it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, part of me keeps kind of hanging on to the, the his history of kind of slowing up towards the end of the years. But I don't know. Like, who knows? Maybe he's going to be the best player in, Col in, uh, in, Col in the NFL this year. Who knows? So far he has been, or one of the best. But, uh, yeah. So we thought this Oklahoma defense was better. It, it doesn't look better. Uh, the injuries piling up. The defense was, was not great. TCU just did whatever it wanted. Uh, offensively. When Dylan Gabriel was knocked out of the game about 10 minutes or so to go in the second quarter, I mean, OU was already down 34 to 10. I, you know, I'm, I'm a very positive person, so b before he was hurt, I still kind of thought Oklahoma would figure out a way. They go, I, I didn't think it was over yet. I thought the, the offense was could figure it out. But at that point, though, because you had been texting me, and then I went back and watched before he got injured, he was, Gabriel was missing more throws than normal. And I, I, during the game, I texted Gabriel you. Gabriel like, guys, Lee. Gabriel hits the open guys. OU is in that game at that moment. And so, I mean, that's part of me where I guess it's been baked in. We know he's going to miss throws. But some of these throws that, I mean, he was missing even easier throws than he normally 
uh, misses. He was really uh, before he got hurt, and and this this doesn't mean like they they need Dylan Gabriel to win football games. Like, do not oh, misconstrue oh my what God, I'm saying. Absolutely, they absolutely need him to win football games. What they have behind him is not going to get it done. Period. Um, and so don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. But leading up to his injury, Lee, at that point, Dylan Gabriel had been downright terrible in the game up to that point. He had, I mean, I can, there was maybe two throws before he got hurt that was like, okay, that's a good throw. There was like, a, I think, a third down throw he completed over the middle or a slant. Or no, no there, there, was, there was like an out route he hit to Mims, I think. That was pretty nice on a line. And then the throw to Braden Willis kind of over the top, feathered it over the top to an open Braden Willis, let him run. That was nice. But, man, I mean, he, uh, there was like a, a, a simple, just a little out route on a motion to Braden Willis, schemed up really well. That he just, he threw like 150 miles an hour to Braden Willis. There's no touch on it. Bad throw kind of behind them, incomplete. I think that was on third down. There was uh, a throw to Mims that he threw way behind Mims. He was open, just lead him. That would have been a first down throw. Uh, the one where threw Mims twice on a deep ball when on, Mims yeah, was open, third. had a couple steps on the guy both times. Yeah, yeah, it's just not great. Not and you know that's that TCU defense. It's not anything special, and that's what bothered me the most because I thought Oklahoma was they weren't getting explosive run plays. But you know, you talked about this before the season be began. I mean, Jeff Levy's offense, the way they run, it's very you know inside outside zone. There's not a whole lot of explosive run plays. They do it just to kind of stay on schedule, right? Get three, four, five yards, just stay on schedule. And Oklahoma was doing a decent job of that, I thought. I thought that would be able to open up the passing game more, and it didn't. Uh, but then again, I guess in a way, if Gabriel is more accurate, it would have opened up the passing game, have. I think. I, they just it, were it not. Yeah. yeah, it was just, it was a totally, from the beginning, a totally uneven performance, and it goes into the entire performance of the game as well. Just look at, the, I mean, OU starts with the ball. They get the ball, which is good. You want to go down, and, and OU wants to start fast. I'm pretty sure they get, I'm sure, I think Eric Gray had like a 15-yard run on the first play of the game, something like that. And then you just kind of have, it just, it's sort of, it just, it was, it's how the rest of the game went. You have just like a little out route to Mims, which he catches, and I guess he fumbles it or something. It's bang, bang. It is a good play by the defensive back, but it's definitely a play that if they would have called it an incomplete pass, it would have been upheld as an, as an incomplete pass upon review. It was one of those. And of course, instantly you got a fumble there. The ball's already in OU territory. You're already putting your defense into a bad spot right away. And it was just kind of on a... Kind of a fluky play. Yeah, it's. I thought they got it right, but sure, I I tend to agree with you that if they would have called it incomplete upon review, I think they, they, sure, they, they may have upheld it. Yeah. I, I think I guess I guess they got it right when you're when you know when you're slowing it down a frame at a time. That's fine. We've had this discussion before, but still, that that one definitely goes into the turnover luck category. Not that it matters. They lost by thirty one. But it just it just it's just kind of like yeah that's just kind of how the rest of the game went. Yeah, and, and they got smoked. Oh, you got killed, and they were getting some breaks too. Like I mean, that wasn't a break, but I mean the the play I think in the second quarter was it second quarter or third quarter where they called TCU for a fair catch, even though the guy definitely did not fair catch the ball. I don't know what his return would have been, but you know that that put TCU inside the ten and helped out Oklahoma. And then maybe you'd be able to, to speak to this, but uh, there was, you know, whenever Oklahoma stopped them on fourth down, I think there was something happened there, right? Where there was a maybe a non. Oh, no. Yeah, I remember what it was. Like they, they totally missed a PI. I think it was on more. Like it should have been on Morrison down the field where he got there way too early. Oh, and yeah. They totally. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, Oklahoma was, bang, was getting bang. some breaks. But it was a break uh, for sure. And, you know, it, it didn't matter. I mean, TCU still still drubbed them. Um. So yeah, I mean that's it. They see, got killed. They got freaking smoked. Period. That's it. I mean, I mean, like, I the only other thing to really talk about other than that is, man, I don't know. I mean, Davis Bevel is looked really bad. Looks really, really bad. I think that's kind of the most charitable you can be at this point in time. He he was so bad. I and I guess, and this is me. I'm. I'm kind of unplugged from. I definitely don't look at message boards. You know, I I, I don't really know. I guess I yeah. As, aside from the West of Everest listeners that comment and you know talk to us on the Facebook page or on Twitter and stuff, I guess I really don't know what the fan base thinks about certain things. And I, apparently, there was people that were wanting to 
I don't I don't know if people like really wanted to bench Dylan Gabriel or something before the TCU game or I to no, me if, if that's I, true I don't that's, think that's a thing. Okay, like okay, so like, if that's true, that's just like the most jokey stuff ever. Like that's like that that's not really indicative of actual fans. Like that's so. Anyways, yeah, I, we all knew going into the season. We talked about this that the the quarterback depth wasn't very good, and now we have emphatic evidence, emphatic evidence that yes, the the depth behind Dylan Gabriel is awful. And if Davis Bevel's the backup, is it just by seniority sake because he transferred from from Pitt? Or is it, did he actually win the backup job? And it makes me think, how, how bad is General Booty and how bad is Nick Evers? Because if that's your backup and he, he won it based on merit, which you would assume he did, oh boy. Uh, if Dylan Gabriel can't play, if Dylan Gabriel misses the Texas game, then, I mean, what's the, even, what's the point? It, it's not going to be anything. Like Dylan Gabriel's health is paramount. And honestly, I don't think he's going to play against Texas. It, it, he get, took a big hit that were oh, you know days away you know from the whole the whole Tua Tonga Vailoa thing with concussions and it's just it's like the whole the the right now it just seems like a, a bad time or like a an inopportune time to bring a quarterback back after a big hit like that I mean I I know there's concussion protocol and he'll go through it and we'll see if he passes it and whatever but I right now I just have a feeling he's not going to play against Texas well we don't need to talk about that now but if he doesn't play and he, he misses games then yes that that will be a long season for Oklahoma because there's no depth behind Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about it. You're right. I don't really want to okay. speculate on what's going to happen yet for Texas. I, obviously, I, I'd be surprised at this point if he plays. But also, I, I mean, I, I could see a situation where he does play. I, I don't know if they were showing him on TV. He walked off under his own power on TV. He looked like he was alert. Nobody was even helping him walk to the locker room. So hopefully okay, it's... That's good. So I'm hoping it's it, it wasn't as bad, and it, it looked bad. I mean, it's I you texted me and asked me if it looked bad on TV, and I was like, yeah, it it looked really bad on TV. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it was uh, so yeah, we'll see. It wouldn't surprise me if Folly doesn't play, but yeah, I mean, you know, going into that, and yeah, I, I hate to talk about Texas at this point in time, but that's kind of like what else can you do? I I don't want to freaking talk about that game yesterday. It's awful. <laughs> And so, yeah, but like I, I right now and like I don't mean to be Debbie Downer, but I I really can't envision a, a scenario where they can beat Texas if Davis Bevel is the quarterback uh, without just some crazy crap happening. No way they're oh. going to be able to beat him with doing the tempo crap. No way in hell. Oh, that's that's not you being a Debbie Downer. That's just you being a, a totally reasonable person that has eyes and watched Davis Bevel in the offense yesterday. Yeah, he looked uh, it, I mean, that was. You know, and I know, and like I, people on the message boards have said this too that he, that he looked like one of the worst that has ever taken a snap for OU. I, I I don't think that's hyperbolic at this point in time. He looked so uncomfortable, looked like he didn't he, like didn't really want to be there, looked just scared out of his mind. <sighs> yeah, I yeah, you know, whatever. Not going to pile on the kid. He's a college. Yeah, kid, there's but, not. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't want to do. That's not. It's not fair to him. Uh, but yeah, going forward, it's just like man. They. I hope they got I, an ace up their sleeve. And I don't know what it is. I mean, I will say this, and I, I, I texted you this yesterday. I, my whole thing on, and I, I had this thought about Tanner Mordecai a couple of years ago when these backups come in and they finally get a shot, and they've been playing quarterback. I, I assume for a decent amount of their lives. I, I get that they're college kids, but. They've been playing this position. They did it in high school. I'm assuming they did it in middle school. You know, this isn't new to them. And when you come in and you just you play and you look so timid, when you really have nothing to lose, that bothers me, man. It's like, do you even do you even like playing football? And that's gonna and maybe that's not fair because maybe that's not how he how he was playing, but that's the way it looked. It let it let it fly. Like you've been running the offense, you've been here, you've been practicing. That's all you do. You know what the offense is. Let it rip. And it's like he held on to the football too long. You got talented guys. Just get it out. Like, have some fun. He took that sack in the second quarter. That was the that was made me TCU go, oh, only had, no. TCU only had, like, a three-man rush. Like he just held on to the ball and was staring people down. Like, do you – it just looks to me like – it looks like you, you haven't really ever played quarterback before, what I know you have. And that's what bothers me. When Tanner Mordecai came in for Spencer Rattler a couple years ago and just kind of looked like he – didn't know what he was doing and the main example that I always use is that he got a free play Texas jumped off sides they got a free play and Tanner Mordecai threw the ball into the dirt didn't even take a shot and I think like have you ever watched a football game have you ever played like, you watch enough football you see that happen and you just you throw it up there it doesn't matter it's a free play 
And if you just throw it away or throw it in the dirt, that's a wasted chance. And so when I see these quarterbacks that kind of look like they haven't really ever done this before, that bothers me. And I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't mind saying it because prove me wrong. I go out there like if you get another shot, all right, maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I, I feel like I'm not. Like I've been wrong about a lot of things this year, but I feel pretty confident about this one. And that's, that's what bothered me the most. It's just I get that you're uncomfortable. You're, you're not supposed to be playing. You're not expecting it. But you're, you're losing it by a bunch. You're the only hope. Just go out there and have fun. Throw it around. And granted, you know, Jeff Levy called a lot of running plays. But then again, like, of course he did because when he called passes, it's like, eh, there, yeah, there I mean, wasn't anything there. Throw. I don't really want him to throw. And I kind of wish now, like, in mop-up duty in the first three games, they should have called more downfield throws for him. I mean, I think he might have thrown the ball maybe once or twice. I suppose he did he, of, he did let it loose once down the field to Farouk, and it wasn't like a bad throw or anything. Yeah, that, was, that, that, was, that wasn't bad. I mean, he, I think he overthrew him a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, that's kind of like the, as an offensive coordinator, the way I look at that is like, man, I don't know what to do with this guy. I'll just let him throw a deep ball a go route because that's the most basic football thing ever how about tcu just with the straight up disrespect every single time that they that they uh that they saw man-to-man coverage on the outside against johnson or savion williams they literally just did the all pi offense duggan just threw floaters up there for him and like knowing that ou would probably just be all over him smart it's smart it's man-to-man like i and as a defensive back as a corner it's not easy, but also, what have you been doing in practice for the last, I don't know, since the spring? Like, that's what you're supposed to be able to do. And granted, you know, we complain a lot about how the, the corners were, were put on an island a lot in the Alex Grinch defense. And maybe sometimes they didn't even have safety help. And that's tough. That's really hard. And now it, it's happening at times with, with the Brent Venables defense. And, you know, if you don't have really elite players that can't cover these guys, it's going to be a problem. And it would appear Oklahoma's secondary does not have any elite players. Uh, Billy Bowman, uh, hopefully he is at some point, but he wasn't there. He wasn't there yesterday for a large portion of the game. And that's just smart offense. A- attack, attack, attack. I mean, single coverage is, is tough. Like, you know where the ball is going as an offensive player. The D-back doesn't. <laughs> it's really hard. Uh, but the zone concept stuff, that's the easy stuff. And that's like where Oklahoma was busting. That's, you can't be busting in zone concepts, man. Uh, let's do three word reviews. And so I, I want to know why you know why weren't why didn't they bust it all in the first three games of the season? Because hey, I mean it's not like and I I understand that they played three pretty bad teams, but they played three teams that still as part of their DNA like to take shots down the field, and they weren't able to do that in the first three games. At least their opponents weren't. What mm-hmm. were they doing in those first three games? Because they were playing a lot of zone coverage in those first three games, and those teams took shots. So like, why weren't they busting then? Because the stuff that they were busting on yesterday was like, I mean, it was bad. These guys were open by 30 yards, Lee. Like, it wasn't. And so it's clearly a confusion of some point, uh, of some, uh, you know, some sort of confusion. How can you simplify this thing? My, you know, my quick fix, whatever idea here is, one, I, I think they, they need to scrap the, the, the three two six or the three three five stack that they're trying to do here, mostly just because they can't get any pressure on the quarterback when they're running it. And they're also just not able to stop the run with only five guys in the box. I wish they could. Reality says they can't. You gotta adjust. That would be my that yeah. would be my number one thing right now. Get into the four two five, even if you gotta be very basic with it, try to get good at it. Even if you're even if it's easy, to, even if the other offense knows what you're going to be running and it's basic, whatever. You can't be giving up these 60-yard touchdowns. Yeah, I think you, you may have kind of answered your own question. You know, what was the difference in the first three and in the last two? The big, the big thing in the first three is that Oklahoma was getting a lot of pressure. They had a lot of havoc. They had, they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in college football, in getting havoc. I mean, they led the nation in TFLs for the first three games. They, they were tied for second in sacks. The last two games, they haven't sacked the quarterback. And TFLs, I think they might have, they maybe have five or six combined the last two games, maybe. That, and so who knows? Maybe, maybe the bust would have happened in the first three games if they weren't getting all the pressure, if the quarterbacks had more time to throw. I don't know. I think that's obviously the, the big change. And in the, in the, to back to your point, is like, you know, why now? Why can't they get pressure? And uh, the, yeah, the, the three. You know, three, three, five. I mean, Oklahoma had a light box so much yesterday, 
And TCU, it's like when they saw a light box, they just ran the football and they picked up yards. And then when not, when they spread it out, then they would throw it out there. And it was, it was pretty simple for Garrett Riley. And he saw this all on tape against Kansas State, I'm sure. And he's like, okay, I'm going to pick at this. And then the, the busted coverages are just a bonus. <laughs> just a bonus at that point for Max Duggan. It's like, oh my gosh, there, there it is. Here we go. It's bad. Three word reviews. Just really, really yeah. bad. Yeah. Let's get, let's get into those. Let's just, yeah, gross. Yeah. All right. Jimmy says, historically embarrassing loss. Correct. John, this is from Twitter, by the way, at Lee Benson News 9. John says, Gibbs esque, Schnellenberger esque, Blake esque. Going deep, deep, deep in the history of bad OU football. Yeah, I hope not. Because, like, the. The, the re, like a, one of the big reasons why this is so surprising is, is, is because of all of the competence that has been coming out of the program. And then, of course, we see them on the field and extreme competence the first three weeks of the season. And now we got two straight weeks where they just it doesn't look like they've ever played together before. <laughs> Lamont says lack of depth. And Lamont also has another one. Bowman return disaster. And you know, he was injured on a kickoff return, right? So that's kind of the downside of putting some of your best players on special teams, right? You can get injured. And that would appear what happened again, you know, for Billy Bowman. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not against putting really good players on special teams. I think a lot of teams do it. It's kind of just like the roll of the dice. It just didn't work out for that game. I, I, do you have any thoughts or takes no, on I'm that fine. kind of I'll stuff? He's a, that's his, I mean, that was one of his bits in Texas high school football. He's a great return man. Yeah, and sometimes in, in games like that, you need that. You need that as a spark. I mean, look, I mean, Malik Knowles basically changed the momentum for Kansas State last week with that kick return, and like, I, there's no problem with with trying to get that. Michael says not very good. Brett also, uh, Brett says brace for impact. Uh, Bobby has a question with a three word review. Defense too complicated. I don't know. Maybe. Whenever it's supposed to be simple, simple zone coverages, cover two, cover three, and Oklahoma seemingly, you know, one or two guys don't know that they're in those coverages or don't know what to do. Yeah, they it just may makes be, me. They may be swimming a little bit right now. I, I mean, it might be. It might be too complicated. And I wish it wasn't. But if, if the reality says it is, you got to do something about it. You got to adjust because they're not like they're not just going to pick it up in five days of practice. They're not just going to get it all of a sudden for Texas. <sighs> okay, yeah. All right, Mark says, 2011 Venables Rida. Oh, I wish. I wish it was 20. I mean, they were at least getting carved up by RG3 and historical Oklahoma State offenses that season. This is, I mean, this TCU offense is good. It's a good offense. It's not, it's not really on the blip of the radar of like historically good Big 12. It's probably not even the best offense in the Big 12 right now. I'd like to push back on that, but it's too early in the year, and I've been wrong about a lot of things, so I'm not going to right now. Uh, Caleb says, keep on grinding. Trying to keep it positive. Anne says, replay season 2009. I guess, Anne, you're referring to the you know the record that year, but I mean, the defense that year was great. So, I I mean, the 2009 defense at this point would be fantastic. At this point, well this one's... The, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to kind of find some... Uh, some comparisons to to some of the down years they've had, and so you know, since the Stoop regime has went in in '99, and they went seven and five in '99, but from there, you know, the the down years were 2005, 2009, uh, 2014 uh, were the ones, and you know, I mean, this one feels a lot different. 2005, 2009, uh, both they, they lost games early on. This one is probably more more similar to 2014. But, man, even the games that they lost that year, they lost on the road at a TCU team that ended up being a top-four team in the country at the end of the year. They lost in a really fluky way to Kansas State where they missed a couple of field goals inside the five-yard line, and they fumbled a lot in that game. And they got blown out by Baylor, and then they you know, they lost the fluke to, to Oklahoma State with the, the Tyreek Hill re-kick. This one feels different, man. This, was, this is like... Them getting beat like they did yesterday was definitely reminiscent of them getting blown off the field against Baylor in 2014. That's probably the game that is the most similar to these, I, I would say. But yeah, I mean, it okay. didn't. Things didn't go well after that game. Yeah. All right, more three word reviews from at Lee Benson News Nine on Twitter. Ron says apathy inducing loss. 
That's accurate. Brady just, uh, you know, coming in hot. Although I know a lot of people probably feel the same way. Brady does. Uh, Brady Kendrick says 500 if lucky. Tenable Venable says worst game ever. Warren says he has a question. He says, do not overreact. Uh, Joff Lebby. <laughs> that's a kind of a funny Twitter handle says TCU good. Maybe. Yeah. TCU is good. Uh, uh, they're good. I mean, Sonny Dykes and, and Garrett Riley and, and, uh, Gillespie, the defensive coordinator from Tulsa that, you know, they gotta be feeling pretty good. They have uh, the a really, I, they have good. really good skill position players. And Duggan is, is really athletic back there. He is. He is. Uh, Sonny Hill Sooner says Tarmac Ted Roof. I like the alliteration. You know, it's, you know, we're five games into the year and it's, you know, after two poor defensive performances, it's, it makes you think, okay, like when the Ted Roof thing happened and that was the, the, the time we were all like, what? Like who Ted Roof? And then we all did the research on him and you see that he's worked at a bajillion different places. And, you know, that was kind of the, the first kind of questionable hire by Venables. But then over time, you know, I had said, and I think it, it kind of made more sense. Like, he trusts the guy. He, he's just going to kind of be the, the the face of it. But, you know, it's going to be Brent Venables' defense. But, I mean, Ted Roof's calling the plays. You know, I asked Brent Venables about how that dynamic's going during the game last week before this TCU game. And now it, it's kind of even more important, to be honest with you. Venables didn't give me a whole lot. He, he said, yeah, you know, I, I chime in with my thoughts whenever I deem it necessary. But, you know, it, that that's kind of it. You know, if – I, obviously talent issues injuries and stuff there's there and but you know it it makes me kind of wonder at some point if the defense continues to look like this consistently are we going to see is there going to be some sort of sacrificial lamb is ted roof gonna be let go i don't know if they if that would happen in the first year of venables but it certainly is plausible if the defense looks like this for the next what seven games <laughs> like, yeah come i mean on. i, like, I mean the, i gotta tell you i mean the Trust in Jane Davis and Woody Washington one on one on the outside against against receivers that are five to six inches taller than both of them uh, is kind of a puzzling defensive call. But it's like you know he after the game you know he was asked about like he said the the most the most uh, important thing to fix like the biggest problem is the explosive plays they got to fix it and he said you know he said when there's busts like that and there's people wide open you know it somebody you know somebody made a mistake that and that's what. Roof said he's like, ah, you know, I'm not a big fan of playing the blame game, but you know, when you see people open like by that much, somebody made a mistake. And I talked earlier in the show about who I kind of, based on my now limited knowledge of football, because again, I don't know anything apparently, but based on what I kind of know, I it looked to me like, yep, there was uh, an issue with a corner in one of the plays, and an issue with either a uh, maybe a cheetah player or a safety in one of the others that resulted in a hundred million yard touchdown pass with the guy being open by 50 yards and yeah i mean all it takes is one guy to mess up it's all it takes and we and haven't even talked about how bad the linebackers were either uh like they didn't have a chance i mean the 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 box is so light that yeah i mean they're just kind of filling run but there's nowhere like the, the safety helps bad because then they're, they're afraid to get beat over the top everything just was bad everything was bad uh dan says on twitter exasperated Utterly speechless. He also has a couple more. He says, lacking quarterback depth. <laughs> Defense gone fishing. Kind of like that. Uh, and, you know, we'll end Twitter with some positivity. BW says, one, he says, no more injuries. Yeah, that would be helpful. And then also he says, it'll get better. He says, people want to change overnight. Just give it time. Uh, you know, I, I understand. You know, time, time is important. But, you know, at Oklahoma, whenever the expectations are so high, uh, you know, you're not going to get maybe as much time as say maybe a uh, Scott Frost got at Nebraska. <laughs> where, yeah, I you know yeah. I'll I'll be honest with you, man. I I understand the perspective of saying you know telling people to not not freak and and people shouldn't freak out. I you know people should should keep their wits about them. But I mean no, I mean I think it's perfectly reasonable to say I I thought our expectations for this team going into the season obviously as as reality has played out they weren't realistic, uh, but on paper I thought that they were. Uh, there's a lot of good players on this team, historically good players, players that have, have have helped this team win 11 games in the past, have win Big 12 championships that are here playing prominent roles on this team. Um, it it was it's it's okay to expect them to look a lot better than they have the last two weeks, especially with this new staff. 
There's something wrong right now. They should not have been run off the field like this. TCU is not that much better than them. They are not. Something is wrong. Something's going on. No, I agree. And it's just, it was a game where every single thing that could have gone wrong went wrong. And, you know, we talked about the missed throws by Gabriel, the defensive bus. I mean, Gabriel makes those throws. Oklahoma moves the ball and they keep, you know, they score some points. I, the game is totally different. Gabriel doesn't get injured. The game is totally different. I, I get that it wasn't. I get Oklahoma got smoked. Uh, but, I mean, the, the, the sunshine pumper part of me, which doesn't, there's not a whole lot of that there at this point in my life. But I do, you know, I, I did and do see some avenues to where that game could have been a lot different. It just wasn't. Yeah, they needed. And so I guess that they really needed their defense was so bad. They really needed Dylan Gabriel to carry them offensively. Yes, yeah. he was not able to do so until he until he, you know, went out of the game. That That's what it was. He missed too many guys. And then just a really, really unfortunate, fluky fumble on the first drive. Is that game different if, if OU goes down the field and goes up seven to nothing? Maybe. Might be. I don't so, know. And, it did seem like when is, the, it did seem like in the first half when it was still still kind of quote unquote a game, they had quite a quite a few running lanes. They were having some chunky. There was some space in the running game, and of course, when you're down thirty four to ten, you're not going to be able, you're not going to run the ball a lot. And there were a couple series where the defense got off the field three and outs or in the game whenever they were keeping it close. Like they kind of figured something out. So I I understand that the game went the way it did. Oklahoma got blown out and. We're an Oklahoma podcast. We follow Oklahoma, so we want to try to find positive things here and there. All I'm saying is that there was enough in that game to where I'm going to give a bit of a, the benefit of the doubt moving forward. Now, if that obviously continues and there's more and more evidence and there's more data points that go against it, then cer- certainly you change up your expectations. That's that's kind of why I'm not where maybe a lot of OU fans are right now. You know, I it's not great, but I I, I still see some things that you know if Dylan Gabriel can play and he's healthy, that's the key. If he can't play or if he's going to miss time then that's not going to matter. I mean, unless they totally change up their offensive philosophy in a span of a week, you know, and they, uh, because it's just, that offense is not going to work uh, with not Dylan Gabriel there. And obviously we don't know what general booty looks like. We don't know what Nick Evers looks like, but I'm assuming they're not much of an upgrade either. So that's, that's the main key. I don't like the tempo. I, like I'm no. five games through, like I'm, I'm, I really don't like the tempo. And like yeah, I, either, yesterday is, is exhibit A as to when tempo can go wrong, can really backfire on you. That was the longest first quarter maybe ever, man. That first quarter took forever. And, you know, TCU scored, what, 27 points? I think it was the first quarter lasted at least an hour, if not longer. Uh, that was just a long, it was a, it was a horrible game. We still have some more three-word reviews on the West of Evers Facebook page. Thank you to all out there who posted on there we get to harry harry says strip two studs uh that's one of brent venables go-tos after every game uh and here's 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 the uh kind of the the danger zone you get into grant at this point now two losses in a row two bad losses in a row and all the goodwill that brent, brent venables and the coaching staff has built up over nearly 10 months whenever results on the field look like that you get into the danger zone of, you know, kind of the sayings and kind of the cliches that Venables have used that, you know, it kind of they mean something, but they're kind of whatever. They might start to sound a bit hollow if the results on the field are like that. And that's where you start to think, uh-oh, how is this team going to go? Are they going to start thinking all this good stuff that we were around for almost 10 months and the first three games were great? The defense, all of a sudden, the thing that Brent Venables is known for has been bad for two games. It, is there a point now, you know, it happens again. Maybe the defense, do the guys start tuning people out? Yeah, I mean, this is I, where it gets like, th- yes. That's the danger zone. Absolutely. They are teetering on the danger zone. I'm, I'm concerned. What if Dylan Gabriel is ruled out early this week? How, how is that? They know, they, everyone in that locker room knows they really can't beat Texas if that's the case. I, yep. How does that how does that screw them up mentally? I think it's it's completely reasonable to to you know for someone to be worrying about those things. Man, I don't really want to talk about that right now. Cuz yes, it's absolutely they are in the danger zone right now for sure. And yeah, like that's if, it, if man if if Davis Bevel rolls out there for the Cotton Bowl and they get smoked, they they're there. They are in the crap if that happens. Well, yeah, if Dylan Gabriel gets ruled out, it, it all the OU Texas game this year all, immediately turns into one of the most like I'll I'd rather skip that like least consequential OU Texas games in years 
I mean, you'd, you'd be better at telling me when the last time it was like, eh. Because it's just, I mean, OU will be a double-digit dog. <laughs> I don't know how many points it'll be. But, uh, you know, I mean, you're the guy that always tells me, like, I'm crazy when it comes to OU Texas. Like, hey, it's a rivalry game and stuff. But even in that situation, like, it's, it wouldn't matter. Like, the whole rivalry part of it, it's just you got to be able to move the ball and score points. Even though it's a rivalry, it's just I can't imagine that happening unless there's a total change in a week offensively with their philosophy. And, yeah, I mean, you can't. The defense, of course, you know, the, the mentality would change and they'd probably play hard, but it's difficult as a defense to go out there and give it your all series to series and play perfect when you know that the offense probably can't get to 20 points, if not 17, because <laughs> that's the way it would feel if Dylan Gabriel doesn't play, right? I just... Yeah, yeah. I don't even, even want to get to that point yet because it's a, it's, it's, it'd be a totally... For me as an OU fan, for a lot of people probably listening, that's completely uncharted territory. Don't don't know what to do with it. I don't I don't know what it's like going into that game thinking we literally do not have a chance to win this game. More three word reviews on the West of Evers Facebook page. Jesse says, restart button, please. <laughs> More from Harry he says winning not easy. Scotty, maybe six wins. I mean, everything's on the table right now. I, I said, you know, I'm not in the same spot as some people, but you know, I don't have enough evidence to push back super hard. Yeah, man, I like after that Kansas State game, man. I said if the same defense shows up against TCU, they're going to give up over fifty and six hundred yards. There you go. I, yeah, like, I thought you know that same we were team. Pretty... That same team shows up the rest of the year. They will not win another game. Yeah, I agree. And I'd say we were pretty. You know, we were pretty on the money with without st- totally saying, hey, this defense is going to show up against TCU. I don't think we gave people on our pre-TCU podcast any sort of strong feelings of why the OU defense would all of a sudden look better because we didn't know what we were going to get. And I titled the last episode, it's once again impossible to predict what kind of team we're going to get from Oklahoma week to week. Well, in a way, that was wrong because the team we got, at least defensively against Kansas State, pretty consistent. We saw, I mean, a pretty similar version of it Saturday against TCU. So in a way, uh, okay, at least a little bit of consistency, consistently bad, <laughs> you know. Uh, like there was no real reason going into that game to be upbeat and to, th- to think that the OU defense would all of a sudden snap back and play better against a much better TCU offense compared to Kansas State's offense, a much better offense that has the ability to exploit Oklahoma in a lot of different ways, which, Oklahoma, which TCU did. And... That's what happened. Uh, let's see. More on uh, the West of Everest Facebook page. Ben says, John Blake years. And, you know, you and I are not old enough to really know what that was like. I, I don't want to go I there yet. You- I, I just I don't want to go there yet. I, th- I think it is, it's, it's too early for that. No, I agree. Sydney says, hard to watch. That's 100% true. <laughs> I like this one from Shane. Shane says, Sunday hangover likely. <laughs> Russ uh, more kind of negativity Russ says bull eligibility doubtful question mark not going to go there yet perfectly fair to say it but we're just we're not there yet Michael says worst I've seen and finally a couple more Christopher says play base defense it kind of goes back to what you were saying a little bit ago Grant about hey they got to figure out how to play the you know the four down lineman and just do it and figure out how to get good at it. One more. Tracy says, lack of effort. I don't know about that. I Maybe once Ooh, they yeah, kind of I mean, realized. In the second half, man, they, they were Well, yeah, they were That's down. what I was getting at. I mean, when Davis Bevel was running out there the way he was, I mean, there's, yeah. It, it's almost like they should have gone running clock. <laughs> you know, like it was over. But I think before that, when Dylan Gabriel was still playing, I, even though it was still bad, they were down by multiple scores. Like I said earlier, I didn't think Oklahoma was done yet. I still thought they had a chance. Uh, heck, they even ended up scoring on that series where Gabriel got hurt. They ended up scoring with the Javante Barnes touchdown to cut it to 17. And I want to say they got a stop. They did. It, it was, I, they I did. think it was, it was the lucky that, stop, though. The, sack, it was the, the, lucky the really one, right? terrible bevel sack happened after they got a stop, and it was 34-17. to 17. Right. So... 
you know, Dylan Gabriel still healthy playing there. They get, I, I think that the, the attitude of the team probably would have, would have been a little different. Maybe Jeff Levy would have gotten a little hot with his play calling. I don't know. So, I, but yeah, once it was pretty obvious that they weren't going to do anything with Davis Bevel. Yeah, that was, that was it. All right, everyone appreciate you sending us through three word reviews on the West of Everest Facebook page and on Twitter at Lee Benson news nine. That was a tough one. And where we go from here, it's anybody's guess. Uh, based on the evidence at hand, I mean, not good. I mean, the evidence at hand of the Kansas State game was what we saw basically the next week. So if you're going to use that as a, a prediction for Texas, yeah, I, you, I won't blame you for feeling really bad about this upcoming game. But we have, uh, we have a couple days to kind of figure it out, and then we'll talk about it later this week. Oh, boy. Uh, this is uncharted territory for the West of Everest podcast. We've never, you know, had a situation where Oklahoma looks this bad this early in the year. But, hey, we'll all get through it best we can. Right, Grant? Yeah. And, hey, you know, if they, if they go in the next Saturday and, and Gabriel is playing and Bowman is playing, and you know, I don't know about Wanya and Harrison, but if one of those two guys are playing, then, yeah, I think they're going to have a chance to win the game. They're still going to be rightfully underdogs. But I, I still think they can, they can plausibly win. Um, and so, I guess, fingers crossed, I guess, until then – Number one is that maybe we hear some good news on Dylan Gabriel, but oh man, I have no idea. I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make that a game time decision anyway, even if they are like sure that he's going to play. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's probably what they're going to do. I mean, why not? But also at Texas, it's like I mean, just prepare for Dylan Gabriel. Davis Bevel is not going to present any challenges to you whatsoever. True, <laughs> true. Oh man, out. You know what? Would love for Davis Bevel to be able to just stuff it all in our faces at some point. I will say. I will say, yeah, like, we'll I mean, and I, I don't know what's going And this is, like, I, I'm not fully serious about this, but, like, it's also, like, this is kind of the spot they're in. But I texted you yesterday about Micah Bowens. about And I don't think Micah Bowens is even on the radar, even of the coaching staff. They never, they never really talked about him and mentioned him. He did throw that 65-yard touchdown pass in the spring game to, to Jaden Gibson. But <laughs> I don't know. Do you think about just going back and just running the option back there, just doing zone read? Because that's exactly how Texas beat OU in 2015. They just put Gerard Hurd back there and just ran quarterback, just extra guy in the run game. They did that the entire game. They won. Yeah, I mean, an uncommon offensive game plan will be necessary if Dylan Gabriel cannot play. And the question is, what can be done in five days or whatever, however many days they, they use the game plan? And yeah, it's not, yeah. It's yeah. not realistic. Like, it's not, but it's just like, that's... That's that's how kind of down I'm feeling on the on the Davis Bevel experience right now. That like that's kind of where my brain is going because of it. Yeah, it's not great. Not great. All right. We'll get out of here. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. And do your best. Uh, well, I don't. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to go there. We'll just let's get out of here until next time for Grant. I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. <laughs>